Hello, thank you for joining Toxic to Triumph. My name is Matthew Pfeiffer. I am your host. Today, my guest is Angelica Cook. She is a certified life coach who specializes in happiness. Are you struggling with happiness? Are you struggling with true happiness? If so, this is definitely the episode that you want to tune into. Look forward to having this conversation with you, and I will talk to you shortly. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Toxic to Triumph. I'm your host, Matthew Pfeiffer, and I have a very special guest here with me today, Angelica Cook. If you are on TikTok, you're very familiar with her. I'm excited to talk to her and have this conversation with her. And uh, you're also on Instagram and every, pretty much everywhere else. I know you have a, a pretty big YouTube following as well. Uh, she's an author. She is a master certified life coach. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to give it to her. I'm going to let her do more justice by introducing herself and telling you a little bit about her. Um, but she is up in Connecticut. And I do know that you love to travel. I do see, I get jealous about all of your pictures and everywhere that you've traveled to. Uh, so Angelica, thank you for stopping by Toxic to Triumph and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, as you've already covered, I am a master certified life coach. I specialize in happiness and helping people find happiness in their life. I think that is a massive problem and especially the United States. A lot of people do struggle with, with finding something so beautiful in their life that that can really help just improve the quality. Um, and yes, I am a traveler. I am addicted to traveling. Oh, the pandemic got me good. I was going to go to three different countries last year. I had to cancel those, but hopefully with this vaccine coming out and all that, the borders will be opened and I will be frolicking around the random countries that I like to go to. I, uh, I have a personal goal. I wanted to travel to all 50 States. I know that sounds I know that sounds kind of kind of boring for people who like to travel internationally, but I think that we have a lot of things right here in our own country that we take for granted. And uh, so I want that's a goal of mine, along with international travel too, though. There's so many incredible places in the US. It's not boring at all. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen the Crystal Caves? No, I haven't. Not the Crystal Caves. What am I talking about? The the crystal the crystal forest. No, I haven't. Oh my god, put that on your bucket list. Okay. I swear to God, it's beautiful. You go in the sunset. It is a glorious thing. I think the U.S. is really packed full of beautiful, beautiful places. I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, definitely doesn't tell, and so you mentioned um, happiness as a major issue, right? So why is happiness such a major issue for so many different people? Because I, I, I know I deal with that with a lot of people who are coming out of narcissistic relationships, coming out of an abusive relationship is that they are searching for happiness and trying to understand, trying to bring meaning to why they went through such an abusive situation. And it's like they weren't happy in the relationship and they're also not happy outside of the relationship either. What, like what's going on with happiness within the U.S. or within people in general? I think there's several factors. <clears throat> One of the factors is that we're not, we're not finding pleasure and the small things that we should be taking pleasure in. We are struggling. The United States is very toxic for, for when it comes to um, struggling with comparison. 
you have a big house. Okay. My house is bigger. Great. This person's house is bigger than mine. I want that. You know, it's, you know, I, I'm not saying that you have a, my dog is bigger than your dog thing, but what I'm saying is it's, it's this constant comparison of, you know, looking down, looking up, wanting up, looking down on down, instead of saying, I've been there. This is where I'm at. Good for you. I'm grateful for what I have. And even if I'm down here, I'm grateful for that too. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, what, when you say that, like, earlier we were talking about people taking responsibility for their happiness. What does that look like? Taking responsibility for your happiness means doing things that is not necessarily comfortable. A lot of people think that happiness is something that's just going to fall in their lap. It's just going to come to them. It's going to come to them in the form of a car, in the form of a pay raise, in the form of a person. And once they get that, they realize that doesn't bring them happiness. So they look for the next thing. And it's just this constant grabbing, grabbing, grabbing of my happiness is outside of me and not within me. And so long as you keep looking for the outside, you're not going to get it on the inside. That's the problem that we're running into. But it's also, we're brainwashed to believe this. I mean, think about the commercials that we're watching. Oh, well, you know, look at this commercial about this one person who was unhappy with their car, but now look at how happy they are with this new car. And it's always, you know, this you know, a feeling of not being content in your life and then needing this and not providing that. But that's not gonna provide that. So is, would you define happiness as being content or what, what would your, what would your definition, like if, if someone were to come see you and they were like, I don't even know what happiness is. Um, you know, that's, that's something I kind of, I get quite often is I just don't even people in, in my world, I don't even know what a healthy relationship would look like. What, what would you describe? How would you describe what happiness looks like for someone? Happiness looks different for every person. I can't say this is a box of happiness and this is how it looks like because they're, they're, every single person has a different box of what, what happiness is for them. But in general, happiness should feel like peace, absolute peace. And yeah, you have your hard times, but in the end, you are content with your life. You are peaceful. And if you died right then, you're not going to die with regrets. You're going to die knowing you lived a good life. That I find to be happiness because you know in the end there's peace and we don't know how long our life is. We know right now there's peace and we have made peace with our past. That makes sense. And uh, so is it, is it like a lot of contentment? Yeah. Content? I feel like content is a word that causes people to feel like they're settling. That's why I tend not to use content as much as I can. Sometimes I'll use it like I just used it. Um, but I try not to use it only because when someone says they are content in their life, oftentimes, and uh, in, in many of the people I've talked to, they're like, but that means I'm just doing the same thing over and over. They, they, they think it's a cycle. They don't quite understand that contentment is peace. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's feeling peaceful. It's feeling grateful. It's knowing and understanding your blessings. Mm -hmm. I also, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, it sounds like, um, there, that you actually have to kind of, that peace for you is more of like an action word, right? That you actually have to, you actually have to do something to obtain peace rather than just, because uh, I think a lot of people, they, they take the word peace or mindfulness, things like that, and they 
think that it just means that you don't do anything, that once again, you're passing off responsibility, you know, uh, rather than actually taking action. You know, what does, and I know you and I were talking about managing emotions earlier and things like that. What, what does taking responsibility for that piece look like? And, and finish your thought, I didn't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry. Oh, you are fine. I have this, I have this habit of even if you cut me off, I will forget about everything I said before and then move forward. <laughs> just how I am. No problem. So I do believe that happiness is an action. It's not going to fall into your lap. And I'll, I'll talk about what that looks like in just a moment, but it is, I, I just want to agree with you. It is not just sitting around waiting for it to pop and then boom one day. Oh my God, I'm so happy. It does not happen like that. It is active steps working towards a, an end goal. Being happy is being true to yourself, working towards that goal. And sometimes that's what I was talking about, doing the hard thing. If you have been brainwashed, not really brainwashed, but if you've been, you know, you, you've had this thought instilled in you since you were young that success looks a certain way, you're going to still have that in your mind when you cross over. You're going to feel scared shitless. You are going to, at first, you're going to be miserable. You're, you're going to feel like, oh my God, what am I doing? And you're so much doubt is just going to come at you. You're going to have nights of lost sleep, possibly, depends on the person. Um, and you're going to doubt your decision to do this. Mm -hmm. But if you are not working towards your authentic self, if you're not moving away from what people have told you to be and, and move towards who you actually are, who, who your true self is, you're not going to be happy in that other life because you're not being you. You're, you're being someone else. It's very interesting that you say that because um, I, with people I work with, I talk about that, you know, self-love is a progression. That's just a constant, constant progression that, um, you know, a lot of times people, they, uh, or in particular people I work with that are healing from uh, toxic or narcissistically abusive relationship, I, you know, they think that they're, the healing is just like a, um, kind of like a broken arm, six to eight weeks and you're done, right? You're healed, you're good, you can just move on. Um, but all of the things that you're talking about with happiness, things I talk about with self-love, it's a constant progress, constant progression that, and I tell people it's like more of like a deficiency, like someone who has an iron deficiency, like you have to constantly take supplements, eat things high in iron, right? To balance yourself out. And it sounds like your words are different, but it sounds like you're telling people a lot of the same, same things in terms of the, the progression. Uh, yeah, you same different words. When someone is happy overall or like is it possible to be not happy with just certain aspects of your life be to be happy with work and not happy with a relationship or uh you know i, I get people who are you know they struggle with boundaries in relationship but then in work in their like career you know, they're a go-getter, they're able to set boundaries, they're able to do things. Is it, do you feel, it's, do you see the same thing with happiness with the people that you work with? So, yeah, I do. With my clients, they, they'll say, oh, I love this part of my life. I don't want to change anything about this. But when it comes to the relationship aspect, they do struggle. Mm -hmm. I think that is very, very common for people to struggle with their relationship aspect and work aspect is good. Maybe they have followed their dreams, but then the relationship, that's a struggle. I think a lot of times, yes, boundaries are important, but also really taking a step back is another thing that people need to do and doing what's difficult. Sometimes you can't control, you cannot control um, other people 
You can only control yourself, your own growth, your own progression. You can learn how to better communicate. Perhaps that's the issue in the relationship is your lack of, uh, lack of communication, uh, your difficulty to be able to express yourself. And once that happens, then the relationship starts to mend. It becomes a better relationship. But it also might be the other person. It could be both. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's both. And I think the problem is, is when you have one person who's put, willing to put in all that work, and they get with another person or they've been in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to put in that work. It's, it, maybe they're not ready. Maybe they have become comfortable. Their comfort zone is within that toxicity. Mm-hmm. And to look at themselves, to look at their flaws, their shadow self, it becomes so jarring that they turn away and they're like, I don't want that. You're the problem, not me. I'm not going to work on myself. You need to work on yourself. This person now works on themselves the relationship's still not good because the person who's still within the toxic box that they've found, the comfort zone, is going to poison the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it, it honestly, sometimes happiness does mean making a hard decision, saying, I love you. I love you with my everything, but I'm being poisoned by you and you're not willing to work on yourself. Right. I have to love me because I deserve love. I have to love me enough to take a step away and let you be and still love you. That doesn't take away from my love for you. Right. That doesn't diminish my love for you, but I have to love me too. And I can no longer allow you to poison me because of your choices to poison me. A lot of people who have been in those type of situations, I think, you know, I think majority of the people listening to this podcast can relate to everything you just said. Uh, and I'm going to plug your book, uh, The Asshole Pandemic. Um, and because uh, in, in that book, you're talking a lot about identifying toxic relationships. And I, that's probably, I mean, I was in a, on a live on TikTok this morning, and I think I probably saw four or five different questions. How do I know I'm with a narcissist? How do I know I'm in a toxic relationship? How do I know this? How do I know this? You know, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that even in childhood, they didn't have a good relationship with their caretakers and they move forward and they literally have never been bottled any type of healthy type of dynamic or healthy type of relationship. Uh, in your words, how would you tell someone that they can identify that they're in a toxic relationship? There's so much to that. That's like a, a huge question. <laughs> identify. Oh, I can't talk right now. Identifying a toxic relationship and toxic traits oftentimes has to come with what is, you know, the, 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 how do you argue? How do you make up? What is the general relationship like? Looking at individual situations. Are you feeling suffocated? How are you feeling in, within this relationship? Does this relationship feel like a peaceful um, coexistence or does it feel like two people against each other trying to change each other to create the ideal person that they think they want the other person to be? I think those are often things that we need to do. And also, as I said, how do you argue? How do you make up? Are you, are you, let's, uh, let's, let's pause there and let's use that as an example. Like what, what in a toxic relationship, what would, you know, what would an argument look like versus, you know, and making up versus a healthy one, I would say. There's a couple different ways that a toxic relationship, and I'm not even going to be able to cover all of them. I'll, right. I'll name out a few. Um, one of them is name calling, verbal abuse, saying you bitch or you're ugly or your dick small, like 
these different insults right. that people use that I've actually, these are insults that literally I have heard people in my life use towards their significant others. Mm -hmm. Those, that's toxic. I'll add, a, I'll add a couple in there. Um, you know, um, you're bipolar, you're, you need to be on medication, you need to go mm -hmm. see a therapist, you need to do this. And, uh, you know, so I just want to throw in a couple other ones that I know that narcissists really like to use that make a part of their gaslighting techniques. Oh, yeah. But, uh, they make you feel like you're the one who's insane. Mm -hmm. And then you start to question your own sanity. You start to question if you're the problem, you seek help, but then you still feel like there's always going to be something else mm -hmm. that you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is, that's another thing is also twisting that as we were talking about gaslighting, twisting the situation. I love calling it twisting the situation because mm -hmm. I feel like so many people struggle with like, what is gaslighting? Mm -hmm. So if, for example, if you say I'm hurt, I'm feeling hurt. And, and this isn't, you know, per se the definition, but I'm feeling really hurt because this happened. And the person said, well, it's your fault that you're feeling hurt. Um, you're the issue. If you weren't so sensitive, you wouldn't be hurt in the first place. It's not my fault that, that you're feeling this way. Or another all-time favorite line that I have heard people use all too many times is, um, oh, I'm just a shitty person, huh? Like, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I don't even deserve you. Like, I feel awful. And why did you make me feel, why, did we, why would you even bring this up? Like that kind of a thing. And then that person now feels, manip it's manipulation. That it person is. feels um, hurt that they hurt their loved one by expressing their own pain. And now they're, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry that I did that to you. I'm sorry that I opened, I shouldn't have done that. They don't even say, I'm sorry I opened up. I'm sorry I said that. Mm -hmm. They're not apologizing necessarily for opening up. They're apologizing for what they said. They're apologizing for how they felt. And, and I'm like, no, no, you, you matter. Your, your hurt feelings matter. And, and yes, I understand this other person feels attacked. Maybe it was the way you communicated that, that caused this feeling, but the way they reacted wasn't right either. No. So it's, it's two people that need to come together and work. So an unhealthy relationship is going to look like that. It's going to look like throwing fuel on top of fuel, maybe two explosions, or it's going to be throwing, you know, expressing yourself, feeling guilty for expressing yourself, feeling as if you were the one who was wrong. Um, there, there's so many different ways, honestly, yeah. why I had to write a whole damn book on it. <laughs> <laughs> there's and, so many different ways that it could look like that. And it could even look like um, the... I, I always think of the, the rabbit and the stick with a carrot analogy, mm -hmm. just trailing yep. someone on. Yeah. But it, um, which in, in my world, we call that future faking where they're, you know, yeah. let's, uh, let's stay together. Let's go to therapy. Let's do this and making all sorts of future promises if you get back together, but then they don't follow through on those promises at all. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then not only that, but I, you know, I've seen, you know, a lot of time, especially you know, a lot of people, they have it as a goal to get married, to have kids, to have a house. And on the surface, there's nothing wrong with those things. But when you're in a toxic situation, those things lead to enmeshment. And those and people who are like that, uh, who are toxic, who are narcissistic, first thing they do is uh, you, you hear people say like, as soon as, as soon as we exchange rings, as soon as we exchange vows, as soon as we bought a house, uh, the person, the mask came off. And the reason why is because it was because they're trying to get you to that point you know, now that you're enmeshed, they use that just like you were talking about the carrot, right? Well, um, 
are you going to call off the wedding? Are you going to, and they start to use that, those type of things as, you know, emotional manipulation as emotional blackmail. So yeah. it becomes very, very difficult. But sometimes, sometimes there are red flags that lead up to mm -hmm. that, that we miss. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to identify those red flags and go, wait, 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 let me put a stop to this right now. Yeah. You figure things out with that red flag. Even the hint that the edge piece of a red flag should be discussed at all times. Anytime you see anything, you discuss it, you talk about it, you figure things out together. Mm -hmm. If that person is like, you know, I'm sorry, I recognize what I'm doing. I'm going to work through that and then shows the action of working through it. Mm -hmm. We're all flawed people. We all have toxic traits we need to work through, but are we willing to work through that? That makes the difference. Right. And, uh, I, I, go ahead. Oh, please. I, uh, I, I can hear the listeners like basically screaming at the, at the radio or whatever they're listening to it on, on the, on their phone you know, what are some red flags? I'm sure you, and I'm, I'm, we can, we can go on and on for days about some red, about red flags, but what are some common ones that you see with the people that you work with? Twisting and guilt, manipulation. Mm -hmm. Twisting a situation so that you're always the one at fault. Using guilt as a way to control. Insecurity, using insecurity as an excuse to guilt someone into fitting into their box. So what I mean by that is, for example, if, oh gosh, um, if someone does not, for example, outfits, mm -hmm. someone is not comfortable with their loved one going out wearing a low cut shirt, that person is like, but I feel beautiful in that shirt. That person ends up then saying, you know, you're, you're getting all these eyes on you. They're, they're using guilt as a way to twist and control. And, and then they then twist it. And don't you love me? Why? Why wouldn't you do this for me? You're taken. We're, we're together. I thought you were my one and only. Mm -hmm. I thought you wanted to belong to me. Why are you showing your body off to these other people? Things like that are red flags. Um, making you feel ashamed for who you are. Mm -hmm. Let's just say you want to be an artist. And little comments like, I mean, your art's okay. Or that person's not like rooting for you, you're number one. There's like little, have you tried a different color? Like maybe a different color on that piece. You know, that they're considering it like constructive criticism instead of just saying, wow, that is a great, that's a great art piece. It's different if you say, I feel like this is missing a color. What are your thoughts? That's completely different versus your loved one walking up and being like, that's missing like yellow. You need to add yellow. That's just, that's a red flag because that that's missing yellow is going to build to other aspects. It's when you see a small red flag, imagine it like a drop of black food coloring on okay. clear water. Mm -hmm. That black food coloring might be this tall, like this big, whenever it first hits that water, give it time. It's going to spread out. Right. And you are that cup. You are that cup of water. And that toxic trait spreads out and stains your entirety. And mm -hmm. then you feel like you're losing your mind because you're no longer clear. Wow, that's, that's powerful. I really love that. Uh, the, what do you do when you see it? What do you tell your people to do when they see a red flag? You address it and then what, what, what happens from there? I think, I think with people I work with, one of their biggest issues is that they, even when they see it, they have a tough time walking away, right? And actually justifying and validating their feelings validating that it's an actual red flag. They need other people to validate 
you know, what they've seen, what they've heard, that sort of thing. I remember uh, one person I was working with, exactly what you just said, the, this red flag came up, you know, she started a new business person that she was, she was uh, uh, dating or seeing, um, went to her launch. I forgot exactly what, I think it might've been a book launch or something along those lines. And uh, first thing, and she never asked him. It was literally like, it could be better, you know, and, uh, and, it, and that ended up spiraling you know, to something else later on down the, down the road. Uh, he was consistently like putting things down and consistently like uh, throwing her under the bus in terms of her own, in terms of her own business. What, how do you, when someone is kind of at a level where they really have emotions for someone, they've been together for quite some time, right? And they really, they've kind of gotten vulnerable with this person. They, they've seen these red flags. They, you know, they're, they have now like a, a pantry full of red flags at this point, right? How do you, how do you advise someone to leave, like to deal with those emotions, going back to the whole happiness thing, staying happy, staying relevant, even though they know that they're going to go through a depressive state, leaving this person. Really depends on the person, but I do think closure is needed closure before the relationship ends is needed and i think a lot of people hang on to a relationship for longer than they should i know i have <laughs> you hang on to a relationship for longer than you should and you need to get to a point where that that it just clicks you know what i'm i felt that closure that was what i needed maybe it is finally that person says that last thing finally that person does that last thing and it hurts then you walk away. But then there's other times when you are not ready for that closure and you have to force yourself into it. And then it takes a while for that closure to happen outside of it. It really depends on the person and their individual needs. Um, there are certain situations where it's two toxic people or one toxic person, one not toxic person. But normally when it's one toxic person, even if the other person believes they're not toxic, they're absorbing some of that. It's like the, the black drop mm -hmm. of water, you're going to get that toxicity in you. You're going to learn bad habits. You're, you're going to become toxic within. And then if you don't take care of that, if you don't heal from that, it's going to become toxic without, yeah. like from out. Right. I can't talk today. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I think you're doing perfectly fine. But uh, with that being said, the, um, you, you've mentioned before, you talked about this on the video, so I feel comfortable bringing it up, that you, at one point in time, you recognized some toxicity in your own life. When, yeah. when, uh, other, when, when someone recognizes that they have some toxic elements themselves, like what, what do you advise for someone like that? How do they rid themselves of the toxicity, um, recognize it, become self-aware? Like, uh, what, like what does that process look like? Honestly. The best thing that I can say is watch videos on toxic, like on toxic traits. If you're questioning, if that question's even in your head, even if it's not, even if you're like, I'm not toxic, really watch damn videos. Mm -hmm. See, because there there's, I, I can guarantee you there's something, right. something that you're doing that is not healthy because mm -hmm. like I said, we are all flawed people. Now I think it's also important to understand that it's okay to feel like shit. It's okay. It's okay to be like, oh my God, that person just named out 10 things and I'm nine out of 10. Like, oh God. 
and then you watch another video and you're like, oh my God, I, I do all these things too. You have to be honest with yourself. And sometimes that honesty is going to freaking suck. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck. It's mm -hmm. going to hurt. You're going to hate yourself. You're going to feel like, ew, inside. Mm -hmm. But then what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay in that and be like, oh, I'm just going to hate myself. I'm, I'm going to wallow in my own misery and, and be like, oh, I'm just toxic and that's who I am and I can't change that. Or are you going to say, okay, I do these shitty things that now I'm realizing is hurting others, hurting people I care about. What am I going to do to change that? Who do I want to be? I don't want to be this toxic person. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel this icky inside what steps am I going to take to heal from this? What steps am I going to take to better myself? What books can I read? Do I need to see a therapist? Do I need to see a life coach? What do I need to help me become the person that I want to become? And what does that look like? I think it's so important. A lot of people who struggle with toxicity, they say, I want to be better, but they don't even know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. They don't even know who, who they want to, who they want to grow into. I think it's important to recognize who you are, be honest with that, who you want to become, and then bridge that gap. Right. However you, need, however, you need to, however you need to bridge that cap, gap, whether it's yeah. with a coach, therapist, books, videos, mm -hmm. you know, or all of them. You know, sometimes all of them. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Angelica, thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, I'm going to pass it over to you for any closing thoughts. What would be like one one saying, one piece of advice, uh, or any closing thoughts that you might have for anyone who is going through any, any type of happiness, unhappiness, um, toxic situation, uh, what, would, what would be like your closing thoughts or your one piece of advice for someone going through something like that? What do you want your life to look like? We can look at our life and how it is now and talk about how discontent we are, how unhappy we are, but what do you want long-term your life to look like? And if you say, well, I want to be happy with a person, but you're in a very toxic relationship and you know that relationship's not going to work out, or maybe you're hoping that it will, you have to be honest with yourself. And then you have to say, well, I want to be happy. How am I going to get to that? How, don't think short-term, don't think what I want right now, because what you want right now is not good for you, clearly, because you're not happy. Think about what do you want, what do you need, the need is the better word, for your long-term happiness. What do you need to do, even if it hurts, even if your heart feels like it's exploding and shattering, even if you feel completely hollow and empty for this amount of time, what is going to bring you this amount of happiness? Because that amount of time will be worth it. That's absolutely, that's absolutely great. Thank you very much, uh, Angelina, Angelina, Angelica Cook, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And you can find her on adultingisabitch.com. That is her website, adultingisabitch.com. Uh, she has two books. Uh, she's a master certified life coach. Uh, the uh, first book that she wrote is As uh, The Asshole Pandemic. And that is all about uh, identifying uh, toxic relationships. What was your second book? I'm sorry. Pernicious True Evil, that's dark fantasy. And I will be having a book about uh, happiness and how to find happiness in your own life coming out probably summer of next year. All right, perfect. And you can also find her uh, on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube as well, correct? Yes, YouTube All as right. well. My YouTube channel is self-help videos that are longer now on, under um, my username. All right, perfect. All right, thank you very much. And we will talk soon. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay.
Take with us the things we did. Dream. 